Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural. Lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Season three, baby. I am the great and powerful mystery. Why did you sound Jamaican? I'm Jamaican Jay. <laughs> In the other Crips of Corn podcast. Woo! I didn't mean to go Jamaican. Hello, it just how it came well, out. Welcome to the Cryptids of the Corn. It's about the only horrible accent I can do that you can kind of tell where it's from. <laughs> it just sounded very Jamaican. Like, I liked it. I guess maybe except for Creole. Like Creole. Oh, the Cajun? Yeah, my old friend boy. What was that guy from Swamp Monster? Or not Swamp Monster. Water Boy. Huh? Water Boy. Water Boy. The coach? Where he's- no, no. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's Creel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's that's like the joke. I got Because he's Creel, because you can't understand a word he says. Yeah, exactly. Because it's barely, it's mostly not English, is what they speak. Right. It's mostly like Hick French. He's that same guy in Joe Dirt, too. Mm hmm. Oh, where you make it. Anyways, thank you guys for joining us back. Season three, episode three? Yeah, episode three, I think. Time Ish. travel. Yeah. So the new season hasn't come out for us yet, but you guys have got the first week of it, so we're hoping you're enjoying it. Hope you're still liking new intro. I think my favorite part still is the uh, someone stole a shark. <laughs> That's funny. Because you were like real surprised. I was. Who steals a shark? Who throws a shoe? <laughs> a giant turtle. Oh. They've been culprits several times in these episodes. Yeah, they have. It's a conspiracy. Is it? Could be. I don't think so. I think it's because it's just fact. It's just nature. You just... Sharks eat turtles. Turtles eat sharks. You just like to blame turtles for everything. Have you met Bosco? If he was the size of that tub, we'd all be dead. Oh, no. Not me. I'd fight him. (laughs) He'd have you cornered. I'd throw bowling balls at his head. And he'd eat those. (laughs) Maybe. How many pounds of pressure does it take to crack a bowling ball? Uh, ooh, I don't know, but I know humidity or temperature can do it real easy. What about if it's like 6,000 pounds per square inch? Do you think that would crack one? That should easily crack one. I bet you he could bite through it. Probably. They, they chip real easy. Hmm. Anyways, moving on. 
an issue has been uh, been brought to my attention that we should have be that should be fixed by this point. Oh, when yeah. you're hearing this, oops, the ads. So we don't control the ads. I can kind of select what categories. It does affect kind of like what we get paid and stuff like that. Right. But there was a adult toy ad that was being played. Oh gosh. I think I got it removed. I hope so. But so by the time you're hearing this episode, if it's still an issue, let me know through the email. Yeah. I mean, we don't control the ads and we definitely don't endorse all the ads. Exactly. We don't control them, we don't endorse them. So if you like them, just or don't like, you know, just don't like them in general, just skip through. Just, but if there's something like that that pops up, yeah, really skip through. Please let us know. And that too, yeah. So I can go through and I can try cuz I can kind of turn off categories and stuff like that. Mhm. I think I got the category it was in, but like, I can't see the ads on our end. Yeah, like at all. Yeah, it to me it looks like like a little blank box. It says ad will be here. Right, that's all it is. And it could be anything. You know, most like a lot of ours have been. I've already heard McDonald's and like yuck, like Reineke and stuff like that. Okay, that's well, that's a little better, I guess. It's a car dealership. It doesn't matter to me. Right, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I guess so. Unless he starts handing me a check and gives me a car. Or selling. Yeah. Anyway, we'll really like that. Unless yeah. unless you're selling electric cars, and I'm out. <laughs> I don't want them. I don't need them. So live show. Uh, the live show is April twenty second, Post Town Elementary, six p.m. to ten p.m. in Milltown, Ohio. You can get your tickets below. Still available. Still, yep. They're go. They're actually starting to sell now, though. So we're excited. Yeah. Uh, so get your tickets. Come out, hang out. I know we're gonna basically do an hour hangout before, an hour hangout after the live show. We're doing that with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. Great podcast. Well, I mean, they think they just hit twenty-two million downloads. Holy crap! Holy. I think they just did. I just talked to Jerry the other day, and they were like hitting one of their big numbers. That's a lot. That is a big number. It's. A ridiculously big number. Yeah, we're closing in on two hundred thousand. Hey, that's good. Yeah, I think we're at like one. As of this recording, we're at like one fifty-eight. We're almost to their number. Yeah, I, I mean, in another ten years. I can't even count that high. But yeah, I think they took them. I think it took them. And I don't know, Jerry, if you're listening or whatever, you could, you could. I think it took them. I don't know how long it took them to get that first million. Hmm. But it took a while. Yeah. And then once you hit that, you know, you're in a different ballpark. We'll be there before you know it. Before the end of the year, we're going to hit a million. That'd be awesome. We're going to do it. You heard it here first. Season three. If we don't change our numbers, we'll hit 300 or so thousand by the end of the year. We're going to hit a million. 400,000. We're going to the moon. The fake moon. I'm happy. Uh, So, yeah. Please, if you want to come out and see us live, you want to support us, buy some tickets to the live show. Uh, Have fun. We're going to have exclusive t-shirts for it, too. Stuff like that. It's going to be a ball. Uh, Encounter Quest vote. So Encounter Quest is April 1st uh, in Hamlet, North Carolina. Yep. It's an all-weekend event. There's going to be stuff Friday night, Saturday night. Fun stuff. It's it's a ball. Get your tickets. The link will be below again. We are speaking. We are speaking, and that's what I'm getting to, is that you guys get to pick our topic we speak on. Woohoo! And all, there's no dog in the race. Like, they're all great topics. I have my personal favorite, and I have the one that I would want to talk about the most. They're two different things. That's true. Uh, but there's five. You got the Arkansas Giant Killer Centipede, Florida Pig People, Trinity's Alps Giant Salamander, Leland All Lake Monster, and the Untold Stories of Mothman. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of this point, I don't think anybody voted for the Trinity's Alps Giant Salamander. That's my personal favorite, but it's not a very exciting cryptid, and I get that. Yeah. It's a big salamander right. in a lake. No wonder why you love it. Yeah. That's why I like it, but it's not exciting. 
Uh, Arkansas Giant Killer Centipede probably the funnest to talk about. But I also love the untold stories of the Mothman. Yeah. We, we did all kinds of stuff where those, the, the stories you don't hear talked about on TV, like you don't mm-hmm. hear them talked about in the books and stuff like that because they're not as like flashy, exciting, but right. it paints so much more detail and behavior behind the Mothman. Right. It's a lot of Sandhill Crane stories. <laughs> Bird watchers. Yeah. <laughs> a melanistic Sandhill Crane. Ooh, okay. See? You're only going to get this at Encounter Quest if that one wins. <laughs> but yeah, please go vote. Even if you're not going to go, you're more than welcome to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, the link will be down below to say Encounter Quest voting. Click on it, and it just you pick whatever one you want. Because uh, I have to pay for the voting, so I want, I want big numbers. Right, yeah. Might as well get our money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two new reviews, so I'm going to read those real quick. Ooh. So, five-star reviews. Remember, if you leave a five-star review and a comment, I will read them on the show. Because uh, like, last week's was, re- I don't know what that word was, kilt-alls, kilt rolls yeah. yeah, something weird. Uh, nobody's commented on that yet, because that episode's not out by the time of this recording. Oh. Uh, but from, I don't know how this person's name is, but it's HLE9903. All right. I'm going to guess they were born in March of 99. Perhaps. Uh, but... Hands down, guys. This uh, and this is uh, sorry. The Loch Ness three parter is the best as the title. Uh, hands down, guys. This was done extremely well. I love the background you provided for the structure of the lock itself. It really painted a complete picture in my mind. Entertaining and educational. You guys bring the whole package. Looking forward to season three. That's what we do, baby. We bring the whole package. Woo! <laughs> Thank as you. I top out the mic. Thank you. Thank you. H L E two thousand three ninety nine oh three. <laughs> yes, thank you. And Turk Squirrel. Turk Squirrel. Turk Squirrel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Turk Squirrel, I think is how the, the name is. Okay. Uh, and it says, love the podcast, the title. I look at for every day for a new episode. This podcast covers all topics, and the hosts handle the guests extremely well. They are knowledgeable on the subject, and they add some humor. I can't wait to meet them at Encounter Quest in Hamlet, North Carolina on April 1st. Ooh. This will be my first conference, and I'm looking forward to a great time. Well, Turk Squirrel, if you just wear a big hat that says Turk Squirrel on it, then we'll know exactly Swirl, who not squirrel. Oh. <laughs> but no, Turk, and reach out to us. We'd love to, we'd love to chat with you. Yeah, oh, definitely. And then that way, at least I know your face a little bit before Encounter Quest. Right, yeah. Because I'm bad with names and faces and stuff like that. But if I've seen you, I'll be like, okay, I've talked to you online or something like that. Right, I'm good with faces. Like, if I've seen your face, I will remember who you are. It's just weird how it works in my head. Yep. All right, so we're going to try this. It's the first time we're doing this. But we're going to leave. This is the ad break. Ooh, podcast magic. So we'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. Whoa. Hopefully that wasn't horrible. Yeah. I Me know. and Jay related just sat here in silence for like ten seconds. It's like thirty minutes. You know, the back behind the scenes podcasting, as far as that stuff, we are pretty uh transparent about it. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. And a lot of them aren't very transparent, which is fine. Yeah. You know, most people don't like to tell the sausage is made. We don't know what we're doing 90% of the time. Yes, we do. We're professional. We are professional podcasters. I'm talking about with like the media side of it and like that, like the dealing with the ad companies and stuff like that. No, we're professionals. Professionals. This episode is a unique one. 
it's about big snakes. Ooh, snake. But big snakes. Big snakes? Big snakes. Okay. Uh, we're going to cover some from around the world. I got a couple stories because there's like not a lot of detail in any given one of them. But the first one is this famous photo. Uh, everybody's seen it. You've seen the giant 50-foot snake from the Congo. Uh, black and white photo. You see it laying on the bank. If you, if you type in black and white photo of giant snake, it'll pop up instantly. Uh, but in 1959, Remy Van Leerd, I think it's Leerd, served as colonel in the Belgian Air Force Base at the Karma Air Force Base in Belgium. Are in, in occupied Congo, so the Belgium-controlled area of the Congo of the time. Okay. In the Katamagan region of the Dominican Republic of the Congo, returning from a mission by helicopter, he reported having seen an enormous snake he flew over the forest. He described the snake as being close to 50 foot long, 2 to 3 foot wide, and a giant triangular head, which, it, uh, if his estimates were accurate, would earn the creature... In the place of the longest snake to ever exist, Colonel, uh, the Colonel, described the snake as having dark green with brown top scales and a whitish colored underbelly. Upon sighting the reptile, he had the pilot turn around and make another pass, in which the serpent reared up uh, a formidable ten feet of its body and its head as if it was going to strike, giving him the opportunity to observe its underbelly. However, after flying so low, uh, he believed that. They were within striking distance of this giant reptile. He ordered the pilot to resume his journey, and the creature never was never properly documented, along with some reports suggesting that an onboard photographer managed to snap a photo of it. So, yeah, he did get a picture. Uh, some people believe it's a giant rock. I got a forced perspective of a giant rock python. Some people think it's a new species of giant snake to the Congo. Uh, and some people may think it's a prehistoric extinct snake. We're going to get to a lot of stuff later after we cover all of these things. But now that I now that I read the little thing, that's pretty much all exists. And the cool thing is, you can he has this is a really rare thing. There's a picture. Mm-hmm. The eyewitness was an army colonel. Mm-hmm. He's not. I don't think he's alive anymore. But there are recorded interviews with him talking about this. Interesting. Like video. Like you can still you can find him talking about it. Okay. Uh, now let's say it's forced perspective. That's what I'm looking at right now. What? The forced perspective angle. Now, if you look at this picture, and I know everybody, it's supposedly that thing that it's laying across. Go, go more right, Jay. That's a road. Okay. So that would be right there. That section of his body is 12 foot long. Right. Yeah. So he would be gigantic. Yeah. I personally think the photo is real. As in, if there's a real animal in that picture, like, it it was there. Right. Now, I've heard people say that this photo was a snake on, like, a, a flat backdrop because it looks like the snake is just laying on top of paper that's Correct. colored like that. Right, yep. But if it is that big, those little bushes and stuff like that wouldn't would look tiny. True. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking of this photo? I mean... So he is right. If you if you Google black and white photo giant snake and you go to the images, it's the first one that pops up. I mean, you got to click images though first because it brings you up a bunch of weird stuff first, like of others black and white snakes. But click images and Google whatever, and there's that first photo. It's it. 
It does. I don't know. I mean, it looks like a real snake because it's got the shiny spots and the bends and stuff. It looks real. So it looks it looks to me like a green anaconda. Yeah. Which is important for later. Green anacondas are not native to the Congo. Okay. They're in South America, right? Yeah. Okay. But anacondas, their family may be from that area, if you believe Africa and South America split. Right. The Amazon and the Congo would be in the same spot. So they probably shared giant reptiles. Which uh, doesn't shock. That wouldn't surprise me, I guess, you know. Um, it does. I just don't know. With the photo itself, like, okay, it's an army colonel. Now, if you listen to general, his interview, yeah, I believe him. You do? Like, if you, and now that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. What Was he a general or is that what you said? He's a colonel. A colonel? Hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, some people higher up in our military are. Not our military. Oh. Belgium. Oh, okay. The Belgium occupying part of the Congo. This guy has nothing to do with the U.S. whatsoever. Okay. He ran a small Air Force base in Belgium occupied Congo. Okay. Um, Sorry, the fish went nuts yeah. back there. So he has nothing to do with the U.S. government, nothing to do with any major world government at the time. Okay, okay. So I'm getting a little bit more credibility, I guess. <sighs> Um, just the photo itself just seems it does seem weird. Now it was if it is real, mm-hmm. it was a black and white photo taken from a moving helicopter. Yeah. And that's where I think some of that the the uh what do you call that the smear look comes from. Yeah, it's almost like the bra- background looks a little blurry, but the snake itself seems more clear. I don't think it does when you really zoom in on it. I think it looks a little blurry too. Yeah, I guess it does. It just is so big and it's the center focus of the picture. Yeah. And it just has those shiny spots because you can see the shininess on it. It's yeah, not like anacondas a, and stuff like that are very shiny. Yeah. Hmm. If that is a road, that's a big friggin' snake. Um, There's been tons and tons of ant like analysis on this. Mm-hmm. Well, um, didn't the Congo have like giant spiders and things like that too? A yeah, bunch of crazy and giant plants. Mokeli and Mbembe. Mokeli and Mbembe. The Congo is like one of these spots we talk about that is so. Uh, unresearched because of how dangerous it's always been dangerous as far as yeah. modern science goes um if a giant snake was going to exist the congo and the amazon where i'd put it mm. yeah i agree with that 100 percent. you don't know what's in there you we don't know everything that's in there at all you could probably walk in there tomorrow and find, find a brand new species of they something. do it all the time exactly they do it all the time uh the congo i told you they discovered a false water cobra species in the congo recently that so false water cobras mimic water cobras, mm-hmm. and they are venomous. False water cobras are, but they found a species of false water cobra that end up getting more venomous than the species it was mimicking. <laughs> That's great. And it's just like so. Then it started flipping. Right. The, the other species started mimicking it. So it became the new water cobra. Yeah. It's the. I don't know. I can't even try to say that. It's weird. Uh, so the Congo is a really crazy place when it comes to wildlife. Yeah. Uh, some people think Michele and Pembe could be a giant snake. Hmm. Some people. Uh, not. I mean, but not on this show. Yeah, not on this show. I think there's too much evidence to suggest a quadruped at least. Otherwise, yeah. Was that was that a regular episode? I think, or was that a Patreon? That was a regular episode. Okay, okay. So you guys know. Yeah. You know what it is. You we know don't. the truth. Yeah, I mean, we've done 160 episodes. Yeah. Dang. All right. Stacking them up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this snake, I mean, it's interesting, that to say the least. When was it? What year was this? 1959. 59. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. And as Bob would like me to say, they're not all knuckle draggers in 1959. Oh, no. I can't believe they didn't shoot this thing into oblivion, really. If this would have been a U.S. colonel. Oh, they'd been dead. There'd be half a snake. Yeah, they, it'd have been loaded with lead. Uh, and then it's interesting what he describes the behavior of the snake rearing back. Like it was going to bite their helicopter? And I think it was more a defensive position. Because you think about a helicopter, the snake looks like it's basking in the photo. And then, uh, this, and then this big bird starts buzzing around the, it. The noise, the vibration. So especially these uh, constrictors feel a lot of vibration. Yeah. So it's just probably like you standing next to a loudspeaker. Like it's, it's probably it's blowing out all of your senses. And it's, yeah. you know, this big thing above you. And snakes fear birds naturally. Hmm. So it's, so it's just, a big bird. It, well, yeah. It's a bird that matches the size of the hell. You know, snake. The, yeah, the snake. Now, do do constrictors rear up on end? They can. It's not common. It's more defensive posture. Because that's what I would... Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Okay. It's just showing like, hey, I, I can I can be big too. Yeah. I'm big. I'm scary. Like the ball Go pythons away. and stuff like that we have, which are in the same... They're constrictors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll rear up and stuff. And they'll stand almost... Like the littler ones especially will stand almost all the way up. What, now I want to know what the heck is this thing constricting? Elephants? Hippos. Hippos? Oh my gosh. I mean... Crocodiles? You think... Uh, yeah. Mostly... Like we're going to talk about Titanoboa later. Yeah, which is close to the size. So but, keep mine. That's uh, kind of ruined my my cherry on top. Snakes got that big. Yes, yes. So this isn't odd, and we kind of don't know why Titanoboa went extinct. Gotcha. Because it maybe didn't. Ew! I keep doing that. I got to yeah. stop. No, it's it's. I feel like Ernest. I don't know. I've just got it on my mind. But I have a couple other stories from around the world. To kind of show this maybe be a global species, if it does exist, if this photo is real, yeah, they may be in so low numbers because of their size, right? And they may have a very large range. Mm. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, paleogenesis too. Paleogenesis. We talked about that with the the Komodo dragon and the the uh, oh gosh, the giant Australian one, mm, yeah, Megalania. Yeah. Megalania, yep. Uh, anacondas can do it too. Okay. And they're kind of famous for it in zoos. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, hmm. So if yeah, if a species gets wiped out enough, they're just going to keep making clones. Gotcha. And that's why there could be so few of them and still be around. But I do have a little bit about Van, uh, Remy Van Litter, Ladder, whatever his name is, the, the colonel. Colonel, yeah. So the colonel was born on August 14th, 1915. Okay. Uh, he was born in Belgium. He began his career as a Belgium Air Force face, Air Force... Oh, gosh. In the Belgium Air Force on September 16, 1935, he was a fire pilot who served during World War II in both the Belgian and British Air Forces. He shot down six enemy aircraft and a 44V1 flying bomber. Uh, he has many awards. He has. He was a very, very high-ranking man before this. Mm. Uh, he got shot down once in, Air, in World War II, too, and made it back and got back in a plane. And started fighting again. That's nuts. So I have a lot of respect for the man. If you watch his interviews, and I think that's the biggest thing. If you look at the photo, I can definitely see how you get either opinion. Yeah. Where you're like, this is fake. This is real. And I've looked up video analysis too. And they're like, this is fake. This is real. Right, yeah. Like, there's... Take it anywhere you, you can, want It's it. like the patty footage. Yeah. You can find uh, a video analysis that matches whatever your opinion is. Exactly. Because it's... It's a very old photo taken. If it's real, it was a very old photo taken from a helicopter. Even if there's a normal-sized rock python in it. Mm-hmm. You know, rock pythons get 20 foot long. Okay. So you can have it. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
you can have a really big snake in that photo and have a forced perspective thing instead of that being a, a, a road, it's a walking path. Right, yeah. And then that starts making more sense. The perspective thing is just hard to gauge with this. But if you listen to his interview and stuff like that, judge him. And this is a very, you know, at this point he was a colonel, but he'd been through World War II. He was a fighter pilot. He'd taken down six enemy aircrafts plus a flying bomber. You know, this is... It's a big old airplane, ain't it? Taking, well, take, no, taking down the bomber is the problem because of how much uh, uh, escort it has. Oh, yeah, accompanying the yeah. bomber. Yeah. The bomber's not hard to take down. But you got to get in You got to get to the bomber. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he's a good old... He's a good pilot. Yeah, and that's the other thing is people say, like, how could he judge it out of a movie, helicopter, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was shooting at targets that were moving in the air also. He had to be accurate. Now, this might be a dumb question, and it's totally off subject, but, like, do those pilots, did they pilot their ships and fire guns at the same time, yeah. or was there a separate gunner on all of Depends on the. It depends on the plane. Most of the World War II guys shot out the front, and they were just holding the button. So they had the engine had it timed with the guns, where the bullets were going in between the props. Look at the technology we had back then. And they say uh, we're more advanced now. Look at that. I mean, th- think about that. That works on basic clock principles. I, yeah, I know, but it's got to be well-tuned. I'm not saying it's not amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. But we move past props. Hmm. So once we move past props, you know, that was kind of... He should have threw a giant net down on that snake and brought it back. He, if he had one, he probably would have. I bet. I, that'd have been awesome. Hmm. If he was a U.S. colonel, he just shot it a bunch of times and dragged it back <laughs> on a flatbed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's, this is the 50-foot-long lead snake. <laughs> it gained a ton. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next I got from... These are breathing pores. These are breathing holes. I have some stories from Japan. And this comes uh, from Mysterious Universe. We use a lot of their articles. They do great work. I like Japan. Uh, yeah, but there's a big history of giant snakes being seen on Japan mm. and the islands around Japan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going to have you read this. Mm-hmm. So it's the different colored font. Okay. So there have been there have long been stories of pioneers encountering and being frightened by large snakes lurking in the wilds of Japan. Early settlers of mountainous regions would tell of snakes so large that they could devour dogs, and there were occasional tales of doomed travelers being attacked by giant snakes. Peasants of some thickly thickly wooded areas i like that word thickly um also believed in a kind of large boa which they called the awaba mi or yamakachi this is why you had me read this one Mm -hmm. (laughs) these snakes were rarely seen but highly feared by locals and there were circumstantial reports of women or children being eaten alive by the beasts it apparently it was apparently not uncommon for residents of these areas to carry some of the, some sort of weapon with them when venturing out alone in order to ward off any giant snakes they might encounter. Allegedly, these mysterious boas were sometimes even captured alive and displayed for money by enterprising villagers. Allegedly, samurai would even, would even be dispatched to deal with the creatures. One such snake was described by a witness thus. It was truly gigantic, about as thick as a man's thigh and tentatively exploring its surroundings. The coloring was light green, and although it seemed placid within its enclosure, it held coiled within it within it the feeling that it could rear up and break loose at any time it so chose. 
Oh, and there's a cool picture of this samurai, like, fighting this mm-hmm. snake. Accounts of mysterious large snakes have existed right up to modern day. Perhaps one of the best-known modern cases of giant snakes in Japan comes from Mr. Surugi, located in Tokushima Prefecture, which, if you don't know, like, Japan's separated by, like, a whole bunch of different prefectures. I, what is a prefecture? I would almost describe it like a county here. Okay. But I don't I don't know if it, there's like reasons for their separate like for their different distinct lines or borders or whatever. Do you know why there's a you know why we did the counties the way we did the counties? And probably to tax people. They had to have a church and a school in every county. Aha. So they would have to like as at least in Ohio, you had to shape the counties to make sure they would get a church and a school in them. Mm, interesting. That's why some of the counties like Look all weird. Really square, and then some of them are not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, it was located in the Tokushima Prefecture. This 6,413-foot peak lies within the Tsurugi Quasi National Park um, and is the second highest mountain on the island of Shikoku. Mount Tsurugi is highly associated with paranormal phenomena. The legend has it that it is a man-made pyramid with some believing that King Solomon's treasure is located somewhere beneath it. Interestingly, this treasure is supposedly guarded by a colossal snake that will kill any who approach. It may seem as as this is all surely pure myth, but is it? Bum, bum, bum. So that's that's pretty cool. It's like the dragon garden, uh, mm-hmm. guard, uh, guarding the gold. Um, Let's see here. There's like... That's okay. Okay, you want more? I can keep going. I like this stuff. I like the Japan stuff. Oh yeah, but yeah. So what would what would you call his name? Mount, Mount or Mount Tsurugi? Tsurugi. Tsurugi. Yeah. Japanese language. A lot of silent T's. I've watched enough sumo wrestling to understand and pronounce a lot of these things. <laughs> All right. So on May twenty sixth, nineteen seventy three, so pretty early, a forest worker on Mount Tsurugi came across a snake that he described as being as thick as a telephone pole. Uh, with shiny black scales and a white underbelly. According to the start of worker, it was five meters long, which is only 16 and a half feet long, uh, where the snake was protruding from the thick underbrush. It was estimated that the whole length of the snake was over 30 foot. Oh, okay. The snake was reported to emit a loud chirping noise and pipping cries before slithering back into the uh, foliage. The report caused widespread panic among residents, and he reported seeing another snake in the area that was estimated to be 26 feet long or 36 feet long, depending on who you were talking to. Now, um, are there any... Snakes don't make noises. Yeah, I was going to ask you. It's probably whatever it swallowed. (laughs) Okay. The snakes have a problem, uh, constrictors have a problem, with sometimes getting a little too excited. Mm -hmm. What they'll do is they won't choke something all the way to death, Mm. and they'll swallow it alive, and it'll wake up in their belly. And then they'll just like hurry up and get away. No, it'll wake up inside of them. I mean the snake. It's hurrying up, scurrying away. And this, you can hear the animals going nuts. Yeah. Um, maybe it was a Japanese songbird it got. It could have been. Could have been eating quail. Yeah. Japanese quail. Yeah. I thought you called them songbirds the other they day. They are a songbird. That's what you, okay. In Japan. Yeah. But they're not, it's not in the name. No, I know that. Uh, the following month, though, local officers responded to escalating fears by mounting a large-scale expedition to try to find these giant snake or snakes. Volunteers scoured the mountainsides the vicinity of the sightings, looking for any evidence of this creature existing. They found no snake, but did discover what appeared to be a track left by this creature. Snakes do leave tracks, mm-hmm. just so everybody knows. The long track was uh, 16 inches across 
and led them through fallen uh, weeds in flattened bushes. They estimated the track said to be undoubtedly that of a large snake of some kind. Bizarrely, a local museum actually claims to have the jawbone uh, 13 inches wide of this creature, uh, of the same kind of snake. Critics have pointed out that this merely is the jaw of a shark, cleverly disguised to resemble a snake. Another mountain, uh, Mount Tawaka in Gamu Prefect. Prefecture. Oh, prefecture. It also is, is also inhabited by a giant snake as well. Uh, you sometimes encounter the helpless hiker uh, and have them for dinner. Hmm. Other areas of Japan have their own modern day giant snake sightings. Uh, on January 24th, 1987, a 23-foot long snake snuck to a poultry farm and had quite the day. Mm, I bet. Yeah, you a 26-foot snake in a chicken farm. Yeah, buffet. Uh, they basically seen this. They seen this creature in the chicken coop. They chased it off. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. Here's the kind of the cool picture of of a story of the mountain rangers actually encountering one of the giant snakes leaving a lake. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got to look this picture up, but literally this giant anaconda-like creature, they're shooting at stuff, it gets away. Of course. So Japan has a very, very long history of giant snakes. Yeah, it sounds like it. And it's weird, because Japan does have a lot of natural, like, natural areas still left. Mm Mm-hmm. But you think of Jap- you know, you think of Japan as being super technologically advanced in these big cities and stuff, which it does have. But it also has tons of rural area, tons, oh, tons. of space. I like, think more of it is the rural. I think yes. like Tokyo is by, the main. by majority. Yeah, it's there's four awesome. or five major cities, mm-hmm. and then but the like two of them are right next to Tokyo, and then what's that one on the northern end before you get to like the cold areas? Ooh. There's one more major city like north. I should know this, but I don't. But like southern Japan and northern Japan mm-hmm. are very isolated, and Japan has everything from tropical climates to snow-covered mountain ranges. Right. Yeah. There's areas in Japan that are almost constantly covered in snow year-round. That the one about the mountain being like a giant pyramid. That's I know intri- that. One. That's intriguing to me. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to look that up sometime. Because that's I don't know. That's with the snake garden. It there's a lot of lore there. That's pretty interesting. I like that. So there is uh, an unknown giant snake is what it's called. A green anaconda is the largest living snake. This is just from a little article. So I just thought I'd throw this in there because it just was fun. A green anaconda is the largest living snake on earth, reaching lengths of up to 25 feet and weighing up to 550 pounds. Although the more than 100 years of explorers and natives in the Amazon have reported seeing snakes that reach 50 to 150 feet with weights of more than five tons. There was one famous account of a giant anaconda involving a British explorer, Percy, uh, who reportedly killed and measured a 62-foot anaconda. He claimed to receive the most uh, much his claims received much ridicule. Although eventually cryptozoologists came to his defense and said that Percy's claims were honest and reliable. His accounts are as follows: We were drifting easily along the sluggish current, not far below the confluence of the Taigo and the Rio Negro. Uh, when almost under the bow, there appeared a triangular head, several feet, uh, uh, several feet of underlying body. It was a giant anaconda. I sprang from my rifle, and the creature began to make it wrap around or make its way up the bank. I'm hardly waiting to aim, smashing a 44 soft nose bullet into its spine, ten feet below its wicked head. At once, there was a flurry of foam and several heavy thumps against the boat's keel. 
shaking us among as it ran on the snug. Mm. So this is a really famous story. If you see, there's, I don't have it here on my notes, but there's a picture of like all these British explorers standing on a big snake that they had drawn up. Okay, so it's a drawing. Yeah, and they said it was 62 foot long, but it had a girth of like eight feet at its biggest. Like around or across? Uh, girth is around. Okay, that's big. So it'd be like four and a half foot diameter. Yeah, but oh almost the gosh. same length. As our one in South America, or our one in Africa. In the Congo, yeah. This one was in South America, yes. right? Yeah. And, you know, all these stories, well, excluding the first one, because we don't, you know, maybe maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I believe it. I, I, I tend to, too, but all those Japan stories, it just puts them into more believable perspective, because they're... And they're, most of the ones in Japan are inside of Burmese python and anaconda size ranges. Yeah. They're just not supposed to have them. Who says? Well, it's as far as most you know naturalists and stuff, they've never been documented formally. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they're a really reclusive species. Right. Until they get big enough. Right. And yeah. then once they get big enough, they get bold. Yeah. And anacondas. We'll talk about anacondas in a bit. They're not bold. Okay, they're pretty hidey. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, I there's I will talk about some anaconda researchers and stuff. They have trouble finding them because they don't want to be found. But anacondas aren't these monsters we think of them. Like in the movie. Yeah, they're, they're not like that. Why'd they do that, Hollywood? Because it's, they, that's what they do with sharks. That's what, you know, mm. like sharks aren't monsters. They're just animals. You don't want to get bit by a shark, don't go in the ocean. The anaconda was like the original Sharknado movie. Yeah. It was goofy. <laughs> they got goofier. But it but, seemed so real. But for going back to this British explorer, if you look at the reports and stuff, there was plenty of witnesses. There's literally a picture of like eight guys standing on this thing's head. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And it was massive, like three and a half foot wide head. Did they eat it? No, I think they took some of its skin back though, and it, that's been lost to time. Of course, this was uh, what year did it say? I don't have a year. It's but... probably in a Smithsonian museum uh, somewhere, in a, in a box tucked in the corner, buried eight feet in the ground <laughs> in Alaska. Yeah, that's what harp was. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's... the burying ground. Yeah, it's it's a Smithsonian cover up. Uh, but no, so yeah, I did this kind of, I know a lot of these stories were short and stuff like that, Yes. but this just shows there's this global phenomenon of giant snakes. We even have giant snakes reported in the Bridgewater Triangle area. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Like Massachusetts, right? There was another Congo one that I could not find, but I heard on a, like a podcast a long time ago where a similar, so a, a boat came in to replenish this base camp Okay. and they couldn't find anybody. Everybody was gone. And this is way out in the Congo. And they're just like, it's gone. And it was kind of weird. Like the camp was a little bit disrupted. So they assumed that uh, enemy came in or locals came in or natives came in and took everybody out. Yeah. Ran them off or something. Yeah. But they kept finding big snake poos. Poos? Yeah. So snakes have an interesting thing. They deposit a urate deposit. They don't pee. So it's a big, crystally white, powdery substance. Like the tortoises leave. Yes. Okay. A lot of reptiles do that. They, it's because they don't want to waste the water. Yeah. Uh, they found like this stuff. And then they kept coming back. And then they did a helicopter survey again. Helicopter. And looking for where everybody went or where the other tribe was or where the enemy was. They couldn't figure it out. Because all the stuff was still there. All the guns were still there. All the supplies were still there. And that's why they couldn't really figure it out. Because it's just like if they got invaded, everything would value would be gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so why is everything here? They'd been raided. 
they go and they see this weird thing on this giant tree in the in the rainforest. And it's a giant snake, and it's curled all the way around the tree with its head laying on the top. And let me guess, like a person's arm hanging out of its no. mouth. <laughs> get, but the, the, the snake, they thought it was a, basically, snakes don't have eyelids, but they do kind of sleep. It's the size of the tree. But it's longer than the tree because it's curled around the around tree. It, it's yeah. still laying its head on the top. Like it's basking. Yeah. And like it's the only way it could get into the sun. Yeah. And as it came, it started to uncurl and kind of go at the helicopter. Dang. And and once again, probably a defensive thing because it's making so much noise. Yeah. It really bugs him. It's disturbing him. It, yeah. It's like blinding. It's like you getting hit with a high beam. Hmm. Like when uh, that's your main sense. Yeah. When you're driving on the road. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, this, I got to get this thing away from me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, then they're like a giant snake. So these giant snakes have been reported all over the world. Hmm. Global phenomena. Yeah. And we're going to get into some, what we think they may be. But I just want to talk about snakes today. Snakes. Snakes. Uh, so green anacondas mm-hmm. are the largest snake alive today, reaching 550 pounds. Uh, there's a lot really not known about green anacondas. We used to, If you Google green anacondas, a lot of the information we have on them is just flat out wrong that you can find on the internet. What is it, like speculative or what? Kind of. So let's, for example, it says a green anaconda can hold its breath for 15 minutes. Okay. So... Brian from the reptile, uh, oh gosh, what's his zoo called? There's a reptile zoo in Michigan. Okay. He has a whole bunch of green anacondas. He has one that's fa- puppy dog tame famous. You know, it's like sits in your lap, but it's like 16 foot long. And he timed it underwater after it was feeding. Because snakes don't breathe while they're eating. Mm, okay. So snakes take a while to eat. But there's this big myth that anacondas can only hold their breath for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. He timed it. And he had her at like an hour and 58 minutes. Oh, dang. And she wasn't like, she did pop up. Oh, she just got done eating. And so he, you know, he's probably right that they probably go three or four hours without breathing. Yeah. Because she just came up just because she was done eating. Right. Yeah. She wasn't struggling. It wasn't like she was like needing air right then and there. Right. Because she even sat on the bottom for a little bit after she was done eating. Then just popped up, brought the end and went back down. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Imagine now a giant snake, a really giant snake, living in these areas with heavy river basins. Yeah. Most of these planets, most of these areas have lakes and rivers, like a lot of their hiding. So it could just be sitting on the bottom of a river for who, God knows who, how, how long. Yeah. Uh, most anacondas, you know, reach, I think our, that world record is 30 foot long. So that's, that's the longest documented one. Yeah. Now, there was a, there is a hide of one. But I believe it's thirty-four foot long Ooh. from the Amazon. Ooh, they found the skin. No, no, they killed. Well, like, they killed it and skinned it. Oh, okay, that kind of hide, not a shedded. No, okay, yeah. it was murdered. Yeah, they they kill it. <laughs> uh, the heaviest Burmese python was four hundred and three pounds, a little short, but not too bad. Uh, and I believe twenty-four feet. It's a big snake. And then reticulated pythons fall just short of that, three hundred fifty pounds. Then Central African rock pythons, which are 250 pounds. Southern African rock pythons, uh, 180 pounds. Indian pythons, 200 pounds. Uh, and these, all, all these, all, most of these snakes, I'm going to tell you, reach anywhere from 16 to 20 foot once you get past the mm. Burmese and the anaconda. Is it, I think you're leaving one out. Oh, one of the biggest snakes. No, I'm talking about alive today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or at least documented. Yeah, you're you're missing one. Uh, I still got. 
14 more on this list. Oh, okay. Well, you're missing the big... Titan Boa? No, no, no. One that's still living today, you know? It's it's a cryptid. The one-eyed spitting cobra. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Remember, this is the main show. I know. It's, it's it's Indian pythons, 200 pounds. African scrub pythons, 77 pounds. Which, African scrub pythons don't get heavy, but they get really long. Mm, okay. Uh, but, yeah, most of these, the rest of these are under 100 pounds. But there's plenty of giant snakes. Yeah, I mean, it's... They're big. They're still. They're. They may not be like fifty foot giants, but they're. They're big and documented. Yeah. So I mean, anacondas and Burmese pythons are the two we're going to look at. Do you know the difference between pythons? I think me and you have talked about it, but everybody at home, the difference between pythons and boas. The green anaconda is the biggest. A boa. Okay. Is is a boa the? Are do they constrictor? They're both constrictors. Okay. They're both. Both families are very close related. Hmm. Hmm. So there's a difference. Ooh, I'm trying to figure it out. And there's a reason why most of these giant snakes look like anacondas and not like pythons. Okay. And it's probably to do with the big species difference or the the family group difference. So pythons, most python species lay eggs. Oh, okay. Most boas give live birth. Okay. And boas can do polyogenesis. Which means if a male is not present, they can clone themselves and give birth. But all those babies will be females. And it's live birth. Yes. So they give live birth to a bunch. It depends on the species, but sometimes a lot. Wow. Like uh, viper boas can have like fifty babies, and viper boas are called that because they literally look like they mimic vipers. Yeah, yeah. And they act. They have the bad attitude, mm. so that they're they're a fun pet if you want a a viper, but don't want to deal with. Like, get, if you get bit, like, you're, you're not going to die. Yeah. You don't want to deal with it. But the if you have a viper death. boa, I'll tell you right now, if you own a viper boa, you go to Reptile Show and see a viper boa. They're very hard to take care of. They need very precise things. And you will get bit. <laughs> like, you can own ball, ball pythons. I've had ball pythons. I've been bit, like, four times. And I've had a lot of ball pythons. Mm-hmm. If you own one viper boa, you will get bit. Because <laughs> they just bite. I don't, like, they just bite. It's in their nature. Yeah. Because it's, it's a defensive thing. Right, yeah. Uh, ball pythons half the time. As long as you know what you're doing, they're not going to bite you. Yeah, they seem pretty chill. But that's a big difference. So why could a boa survive versus a python? Well, first off, boas can do par- polyogenesis. Mm-hmm. They can reproduce without a male. So if you're talking about a species that's that big, there cannot be a lot of them. They have to have a big range because they're going to eat so much. Mm-hmm. And most of these areas have large animals. Crocodilians, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Africa, has, the Congo is full of hippos, rhinos, that kind of stuff. And I know that's big. Yeah. But we're talking about a 50, 60 foot snake that could crush an elephant. Oh, yeah. Uh, Give them the squeeze. Yeah. And then, you know, South America has tapers, deer, you know, all kinds. It has mm-hmm. a lot of medium sized mammals, Good. but a lot of them. Yes. En- enough food source to yeah. sustain this. I mean, it sustains green anacondas. Right. And green anacondas, here's another thing. Anacondas almost never leave the water. Mm, okay. Especially when they get big. Uh, that's how they get so big and so heavy. Uh, they bask on the bank and stuff like that. But, you know, it's really rare to find a green anaconda, an adult, like out this, in the woods. Yeah, out in the jungle. Yeah, they don't do that. Just cruising. Because they're so big and slow. Mm. They, they can rear up and bite you, don't get me wrong, but to run away from stuff. Yeah. You know, because they're still a snake. Yeah, what would... A lot of stuff eats snakes. What would eat a 30-foot anaconda? Green anacondas, giant green anacondas fall prey to otters a lot. Ooh. Otters will sit there and pick them to death. Otters are mean. Yeah. 
Uh, otters scare jaguars. Uh, jaguars will pick on an anaconda. Anacondas have a lot of predators, even when they're over twenty foot long. Yeah. Oh dang. And it's really about who gets the who gets who. The nuts on those animals going after that giant. Well, it snake. depends. If it's in the water. It's probably going to be the green anaconda that wins. If you watch a lot of the videos for river otters picking on green anacondas when they catch them on land, oh, when gotcha. they catch them basking, they'll stand in between them and the water, mm-hmm. and they have the advantage. Mm-hmm. So they got nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, but they get they get one wrap coil around. Them. That's the point. But <laughs> yeah, that's it's who gets who first. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the green anaconda knows that, so that's why they don't leave, especially big adults. They don't leave the water mm-hmm. very often. So now, if you have a bigger species, a cousin, they're probably not leaving the water. I mean, sure, they probably bash just about the same as a green anaconda. If you look at where the picture came from, there is a river. It's hard to see that picture, but there's a river like 200 yards away. Okay, and it's the only area that doesn't have trees. Okay. So if you're going to bask, that's a good, it's spot. A good spot to bask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Japan stuff, I don't quite get, but it's just, I thought it was really neat because it tied in because there's constant history, even to today. Mm-hmm. They're still seeing giant snakes in Japan. Well, it might be different too, like being, you know, if they're all over the world and there's the world's got so many different regions or biomes and stuff, you just, if you are there for long enough, you're going to adapt to that environment or that, yeah, and they that could region. Be, it could be a whole different thing. That prefecture. And that's why I think they're boas and not pythons. Yeah. It's because the laying eggs takes like a lot of time out of uh, the female and stuff like that. Like most pythons coil around their eggs. Can polygenesis be done with egg laying animals? As far as I know, I haven't, I don't know any off the top of my head that okay. can do it. I didn't, I don't, I don't want to say no because I'm sure there's probably some right, some outliers, but it's yeah more commonly not them. Yeah, but there's whole species. There's a species of lizard here in North America that's only females now. Wow, matriarchy. And I think they lay eggs actually. So yeah, polygenesis can be done with egg layers. Uh-huh. It just is rarer. Uh huh. But yeah, they actually lost their the male counterparts a long time ago. Wow. Like the Y gene is always shrinking. Yeah. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Every every generation gets a little smaller. Hmm. You mean? No, no. It's gonna quote Alex Jones, but better not. <laughs> yeah. Don't quote Alex Jones. <laughs> but no. So you could have these these species that exist. They either males are really really rare, or they just don't exist. Yeah. Like yeah. it's happened before. It's never happened in, as far as we know, an extremely large hippo eating reptile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there could be so few of them, and they eat so few males in. There's a lot of stories of villagers getting eaten and stuff like that. And the green anaconda used to get most of that blame in South America of them eating villagers. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was. I think they sure they attack people, and I've seen them really bloated. It looks like they got a person in there. I mean, I've seen the movie. They get people. <laughs> <laughs> if a green anaconda was that active, that's not a green anaconda. Yeah, it's It's just a big green snake. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, and But they could be mistaken. Like the juveniles of their species could be mistaken as big green anacondas. Oh yeah, it's just they're that closer related. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. Hmm. Yeah, you could just you come across a juvenile and it's just like oh, that's, that's a twenty foot long snake, green anaconda. Yeah. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Give it fifty more years. So some possibilities for this phenomena. Uh, well, portals, like time, like time slips and stuff like that. This could be because they're giant snakes have been throughout history. There's several species. We're going to talk about Titan bow. Don't. I, that's going to be a big chunk. Yeah. But there are other giant species of snake. Uh, Geoplasius, I think is how you call it, is another non-related to Titan boa. 
giant snake. Okay. Not quite as large as Titanoboa, but still. What is it, like prehistoric? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think they're from the Jurassic. Okay. But so Titanoboa is from the last ice age. You know, they were relatively recent. Recent, yeah. Uh, so you have giant snakes throughout history. Snakes get 60 foot long. Snakes get 70 foot long. At least that's kind of the estimations. Our biggest Titanoboa, I think, is like 60 feet. Our biggest oh. skeleton we got. Weren't Titanoboas like fat too, like round? Like anacondas, yeah. They get real heavy. Pythons, okay. most species of python, besides like scrub pythons and stuff like that, they get big. Most species of boa get big, like wide. Yeah, thick. Thick, yeah. The two Cs. Mm-hmm. So we think these things, like you look at the, the picture of, what's the name, whatever British explorer we were talking about earlier, with the crew standing on the snake. Yeah. You can tell it's it's really wide. Yeah. But it's not super long. Like, it was only like, well, relatively, you know, it's 60 foot long, <laughs> but it's like six foot wide. Right, yeah. And to me, that's another good sign that it was probably real, because they just made it 100 foot long. They made it 200 foot long. Right, yeah. They killed this, you know, actual monster. If they would have done proportions to like a normal... Right. Yeah. A normal snake. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's pretty neat. But they get big and they get sluggish. And there's a lot of crocodilians you can eat. There's like some yeah. crocodiles and stuff like that. That's what we think Titanoboa's main food source was. Well, I just showed you that video of a snake that ate like a... What was that? Like a seven foot yeah. croc? Alligator. Alligator. And it wasn't even that... The snake wasn't much bigger than that. No. And so here's the thing is a snake can eat something... Three times the size of its biggest body section. Good Lord. Yeah, I think he overate because I think it killed himself. No, I think that's how they caught it. Oh, okay. Because they bloat a little bit. That's how they catch anagondas in the in the Amazon. Is they eat too big a meal. And then the gas builds up. Yeah. And they're stuck. Yeah, and they're like a big balloon. Yeah, what are they going to do? <laughs> but I've seen videos. So I'll tell you this. I've seen videos of anacondas from like nobody speaking any English in, this, in these videos, stuff like that. And they're so far in the Amazon. And these anacondas don't look quite right. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of wonder if it's, like we said, a, a hidden species. Where we're seeing a juvenile of another species being claimed to be an adult of the other. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of lean towards that. There is a global, maybe not, there may be different species of giant snake around the world. But specifically these ones in the Congo and these ones in the Amazon being a relic of this massive species. Mm-hmm. And they're being mistaken for other giant snakes in the area. When you have the Burmese python in the Congo, you have the uh, anaconda in, the, in South America. Yeah. You have a giant already. Already, yeah. And now this thing gets bigger, but when you see it, they're just the size of a big anaconda, they're, and they're green, right. you know, but the pattern's a little off, or, you know, I, I was, I'm i trying to think of the one video. It was like a TikTok, basically, but they're messing with this one that's all bloated because they ate something big, but it doesn't look right. Like, the pattern's off and stuff like that. Anacondas mm-hmm. have a very distinct round black pattern yeah like, like it just didn't look it looked more like a python so these things could be seen more often than they realize. could be being seen yeah and we just when they're not 60 foot long right it's just a big anaconda and when they get that long they probably live long enough to be to wise up and yeah stay I mean, they're heavy enough nothing's gonna blow them right i mean what yeah. are they eating i mean in the amazon specifically the biggest mammals i believe are going to be like tapirs and stuff like that mm-hmm. which still get large but not like Super sized, you know, they're not eating yeah. a hippo, right? Yeah, imagine that a snake swallowing a whole hippo. Good, <laughs> but how, just imagine screw the image. them hippos. Imagine the image, it'd be like uh, in the beginning of the the Petite Prince book. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. There's a picture of a snake, it, he, he describes it as looking like a hat because it's thin snake head, then a giant lump, and then the thin tail at the end. <laughs> so, like, I imagine that, but like super sized, eating a hippo, yeah. <laughs> 
Now, so what could this global species of snake be? Our biggest, or one of our best known culprits is Titanoboa, or a close cousin of Titanoboa, because we still don't know a lot about this animal. Yeah. Snakes fossilize very weird, because they're pretty much just ribs and spine. Yeah, is, is that the only bone? And those are actual bones, right? Not yeah, car- bones. I was going to ask you earlier about that snake jaw they found. It's Snake's jaws are actual bone, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but they're not, like, the bo- like rib bones of a large snake are very thin still. Right, they're spindly. Yeah. So they can disappear very quickly, uh, and they can be mistaken for like whale, like whale vertebra and stuff like that. I could see that. Uh, so Titan boa, it literally translates to Titan boa. Oh, <laughs> uh, so because they are the Titan in the boa family. Go figure. As an extinct genus of very large snake that lived in La Granja in northeastern Colombia, mm. so they were there. I. Th- I think there's speculation that they may have been there before the continental split, or at least their ancestry was. So there, you could have South America and Africa having the same family group, but not, let's say, Titanoboa itself, mm-hmm. but a cousin of Titanoboa. Mm-hmm. So you still have the same genetics to get big. Right, exactly. And they could grow up to 42 foot long. Uh, most researchers put them between 42 and 47 foot long. Let's talk about the biggest anaconda, you know, is right around 30 foot. That's not too far off oh I mean. in length right but we talked about it on you know a couple episodes proportional growth mm-hmm. with being the longer you get you start compounding weight like the yeah the longer or the bigger so a yeah. 30 foot anaconda would be 550 pounds but a 42 foot titanoboa could be up to 2500 pounds it's a big snake so in 10 foot it uh it times the weight by five. Oh, and they were there for the middle to late pliocene uh, so sixty to eight or fifty-eight million years ago. So after the dinosaurs, but during the time of giant mammals. Oh, okay. So not like, wait, what'd you say was up to the last ice age? Which mm. snake? Titanoboa. Oh, so they even lasted that long? Yeah. Okay. That, that's when they came into the existence. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, and then following the extinction of all non-avian dinosaurs, although originally thought to be the apex predator, the discovery of the skull bones revealed that most likely specialized in prey are preying on fish. The Titanoboa is the only known species of these giant titans, so the only one in their their whole family. But they speculate the previous record holder, which I talked about, Kikia anthiavis. I tried to say the name earlier, but that is another giant snake that's kind of not related. Kind you know, when we it's kind of talking about relations and stuff like that. They're not directly in the same family or anything like that, but okay. it is another titan snake. Gotcha. I think they got to like let's say forty feet and like. 1,500 pounds. Yeah, it's, that's Titan-sized. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I said this earlier, that British explorer, if they would have got his snake, like if he, if he took measurements yeah. accurately, yeah. it had been 5,000 pounds. How'd they kill it again? He shot it in the back? They shot it a lot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. A lot. Do you think a Bigfoot could take one of these? No. Not even got it in a chokehold. If the snake is six foot in diameter? Get it. He could get it. A 14-foot tall Bigfoot. He'd squash his head. I want to see that art. <laughs> I need that art made. Okay. Uh, there's been 30 individual skeletons, or 30 individual fossils found of this creature. Um, mostly coming from the coal mines of Corajon. I think that's how it's pronounced. Okay. And this coal mine is a hotbed for Pliocene fossils. Mm. They have found so many amazing things in this in this coal bed. 
Uh, that's where the holotype comes from, which a holotype is the basically like the first mostly complete skeleton. So we get an idea what the animal look like. So when they start looking for other places, they kind of get an idea what they're looking for. Okay. Uh, 28 specimens were found after the holotype in the same area, uh, mostly from uh, spinal column, like vertebra. But yeah, in relative size of Titanoboa and its relatives, uh, they are kind of, they're old enough to be kind of split between reticulated pythons and green anacondas. So when, before boas, right after boas and pythons split. Split off, okay. Um, but yeah, they're just big. And there's some arguments to push back the Titanoboa. So they think they may have gotten up to 4,000 pounds, but most people put them at that 2,500 pound mark as max. Uh, but it really depends on which which paleontologist, which biologist you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And then maximum length, they think it's 47 feet, most people. But I've seen some reports putting up to 72 and 75 feet. That's a funny. I mean, it's a trend I've noticed. Um, with uh, This would be speculative biology, wouldn't it? Yes. So with speculative biology, I've noticed this trend that you have two things usually happening. One, it's always overestimated like crazy. Or two, it's always underestimated like crazy. So you're 100% correct. It's weird. Because, now, I mean, think about it. There's there's two bets you can make. Mm-hmm. If you're a paleontologist, yeah. you can bet conservatively yeah. and most likely be right. So you look smarter after the fact. Yeah. Or you can bet big, and you look even sm- even yeah, yeah. more intelligent <laughs> yeah. if you're correct. Like, I knew this when everybody else didn't. Right, exactly. So, let's say, my personal beliefs, do I think Titanoboa could have got 60-something, 60, 60-foot and change? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. 70s, that's a really big snake. Because these snakes, if we look at anacondas, they're family group. You're being conservative. I didn't think they had got heavier, though. Okay. I think that's when these, these snakes get to a certain size, they start working on being... Big, massive pythons and anaconda, both pythons and boas do that. Their whole family does it. They'll grow to a certain length relatively quickly, and then work on getting big after, like heavy. They bulk up. Yeah, start doing their squats because they're trying to get out of the most of the food chain as fast as possible with length. Well, and I imagine like if you get the longer and longer and longer you get, you kind of become more vulnerable. Yes, because you can't the head can't see what the tail's doing. Exactly, and then an otter back there or a giant beaver back in the day is chewing Mm -hmm. on your. Your your knee, and then this this whole thing was saying there was more oxygen is why they got bigger. I don't agree with that. Maybe the dinosaurs, but I've this heard, was not that long ago. I've heard those theories before too, and you know I don't shoot. I mean, I don't know. I guess I just don't know. I've heard those theories. Yeah, it makes. Sense I don't sometimes. buy it. I'll it makes, tell you that. Besides, like when you go back to like the t- the time of giant insects, mm-hmm. when there was a, a significant change in oxygen mm-hmm. that's when i'll get behind that mm-hmm. but dinosaurs in an applied pleistocene oh, i cannot i can't talk pleistocene pleistocene like i don't i don't buy that like giant mammals like the paraceratherium and some of the elephants and stuff like that they got 40 tons and stuff mm-hmm. like that i don't think it was because of oxygen i think it was probably because carbon dioxide I don't think that either. Okay. I think it was available food source and stuff like that well, that's what and I'm then thinking. the niche was open yeah so dinosaurs got big because they just took over that category. Dinosaurs died. Mammals got big to fill the opening. See, I think carbon dioxide was probably up, so food got, plants why, got big. And why then, I think that mammals were limited to almost that 40,000 pound range. Like mm-hmm. mammals, rare, like I don't think any mammal got bigger than 40,000 pounds on the land. 
is because the bone structures. Ah, different bones back then. Well, most dinosaurs, we believe, had these hollow, almost hexagonal bone columns. So they were extremely a lot lighter and could support, support more weight. Right, that makes sense. That's how you could get, and that comes from being, like, that's, avians took that. Mm-hmm. No, bone, birds have hollow, super strong hollow bones. Yeah. Uh, so dinosaurs, I think that's how, they kind of hit this sweet spot of having this bone structure and being able to get big. Sounds like a cool album, Hollow Bones. Hollow Bones. But it was not just the hollowness, it was the structure. Right, yeah. This hexagonal shape, which distributed weight right. so perfectly. Like beehive. Yeah, like a beehive. It's yeah. it's very, very efficient. And strong. It, very strong. Uh, so I, 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 could these snakes get this big? Yeah. Did Titan and Boa survive the extinction of the giant mammal? Sure. Because they're, even they, most articles agree, their major food source wasn't mammals. Right, yeah. Wasn't giant crocodilians. Mm-hmm. They ate a lot of fish. And probably frogs, too. A lot of frogs. <laughs> a lot of frogs. It's going to take a lot of frogs. Yeah. Just sitting there opening its mouth. Oh, oh, oh. Please swim in. Right, yeah. Like a snapping turtle waiting. So could Titan and Boa be around today? I think so. I think, uh, especially our South American ones that we're seeing, mm-hmm. I think our Titanoboa, I think they're still there. Uh, or, or like a cousin down the line. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a descendant. A remnant. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I, I believe that too. I think the ones in uh, Africa could be, at least like like you're saying, a relative to Titanoboa, could be from that pre-split, yeah. or when the continents pulled apart, uh, whatever their version was, could still be there. I think so. Especially, we're talking about the Amazon the Congo, you know, these parts of Japan that only have farmers. We're going to do a story on the Japan, the Japanese murder bear. Ooh, that just sounds great already. Yeah. It, well, I don't know why I immediately imagined a Japanese or a bear in like a, a kimono. Yeah, like a karate uniform or mm-hmm. something. Like just. Yeah, no, it just ate people in front of people. <laughs> okay, that's much more violent. I like my version better. Yeah. But no, I think, I think it's real. I think, like, I don't get why. It, now, the Bridgewater Triangle, I think, is maybe a little bit of a different phenomena. Yeah, because that's a weird area. It's just weird in general. Yeah. Weird stuff happens there. And there's the other thing. Could these be time slips? Could giant snakes, for whatever reason, be one of the favored ones in these time slips? Yeah, maybe so. If we think that portals are directly related to water movement. Ooh, and they're already in the water. They're in the water. So if these maybe that's what's happening. Most of these portals are opening in the water. Maybe they're just so big they're creating gravitational anomalies around themselves. There you go. They're full of gravitrons, gravitons, whatever it's called, whatever that fake thing. I know is it's funny. <laughs> and they're get, they're getting pulled in these time slips. They're creating themselves. There's like a hoop snake. They're eating themselves, creating a time slip. This is hoop how snake. it happens. And then you just have you have Nordic legends like Jormungandr and stuff like that. Yeah, the world snake. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even think about that. So. What if it's just because Titan and Boa are still, you know, I don't know if Titan and Boa, we don't know a lot about them. We think they're mostly tropical animals, which would make sense for most of their family group. Mm-hmm. There are very few, but boas specifically, like rosy boas and stuff like that, move into California. The U.S. rubber boas are in the U.S. Hmm. Uh, and they live in sometimes pretty cold climates. Why are they called a rubber boa? They. I'll show you a picture later. That'll be a freaky fauna Friday thing. Okay. Because they don't look real. Okay. Imagine the goofiest toy snake you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it's, these guys are real. Yeah. Oh, I want one of them. I, I had rosy boas before. They're fun. But no rubber boas? Uh, they're they're hard to get. Oh, I'll get one. I mean, you can get one. They're expensive. I'll get my hands on one for free. Okay. Anything to add before we sign off here? 
Um, no, I mean, I'm on the side. I side with you. I think they're around. I think these are authentic uh, accounts. You know, they, some of them could be a little. Uh, what's the word? Uh, Do, oh, let's go one by one. Do you believe in the photo? Yeah, I do. I do too. I do. And I, you didn't get the the luxury of watching him talk about it. Right. I believe him. Like when yeah. you watch him talk, he's just an old guy. That says a lot too. When you can gauge the person speaking about it, and he would never shut up about it. So there. Like, you go. and that's another thing. Is like immediately. Well, I think Belgium, the, probably the Air Force, wasn't shutting him down like our like the our U.S. Military would. Yeah. Or like shut up, or we're gonna kill your family, kind of deal. Yeah. Exactly. Like, shut up. It was. It was a rubber snake. Yeah, and then Belgium's like, oh, okay. You've seen a big snake. It's the Congo. Yeah. They're probably like, yeah. Yeah. You know what else is there? This is like the least <laughs> exciting thing. The, this, it's a big snake. Yeah. Like, well, literally, I, we well, had a I dinosaur eat a tank the other day. Yeah, yeah. And you're worried about the snake? Yeah. I saw it, I swear. Like, literally, we've seen a hippo get thrown out of the river. That'd be sweet. Would it? If you, if you see a hippo go fly over your head? If you were in a helicopter, well, okay, not over your head, but just get tossed out of the river, like, woo! Like, you, you know, you throw a little kid up in the, yeah. in the pool? Like, <laughs> what the hell's in the river? It's kicking its legs. <laughs> oh, then, so, yeah. What do you think about the Japanese one? Um, I included I mean, it because it wasn't enough to do a full episode on, but it was but it's, it's unique. It's lore and legend. Um, I think there's, like, a, again, I, there might be some, uh, what's the word? I cannot think of it. It's not popping in my head, like, uh, uh, where you over you kind of ingratiate a story a little bit or tell the tale. Embellish. Embellish. There we go. Gosh, it might be a little embellishment, but I think it comes from a root core of truth that there are some giant snakes there. I know? mean, they're still being seen in the eighties and the nineties. So then, yeah, I I wouldn't rule them completely out. Not saying the older stories aren't credible, right? But. There's people you can go interview still. Okay. Then yeah. Like, you know, when we're not talking about something that happened in the 1920s, 1930s, because a lot of those people have passed. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, you know, you're getting secondhand stories at that point. Yeah. And that's when a 16-foot snake can become a 26-foot snake. Right, can exactly. can become a 30-foot snake. Yeah. And there, well, like I said, there's their snake stories, their measurements weren't too, like, out of the range of if being it, believable. If they were in South America, you'd call an anaconda. Be common. Because it was that size. It was the size of a normal South American anaconda. I think they're just rare snakes. Hiding out in the island still. And then what do you think about the British explorer that they blew one out of the water? Well, I mean, they did a sketch, so it's got to be real. Like, I believe it. Like, it just because they, I don't know, because I want to. Yeah, that's a big thing. I want to. I want to believe it. It's not impossible. Yeah, it's, and that's the other thing is it's, well, these things existed. I'll leave that one on my plausible list. It's plausible. But yeah, I think this was a fun episode. This kind of like spur the moment. So sorry, we read a lot. Yeah, but it's good stories. I mean, it's these are kind of they are cryptids. I mean, in a way, but they're not. But they are because you don't know for sure. So it's cryptid. Yeah, it's cryptid. It's literally yeah. the definition. Okay, like the opi from Africa was a cryptid for a long time. That zebra giraffe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like people would tell stories of it and like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, come on, people. Come would you on. imagine somebody telling, it's a giraffe that lives in the rainforest that's painted like a zebra. I want one. It's like, okay, like, what are you talking about? I want an opi farm. I wonder how hard they'd be to farm. They don't look like pleasant animals. They lay eggs? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a big one that hangs underneath the males. It's like a pouch. <laughs> yeah, it's a big egg. It's a big egg. Just go take it from Oh, it. twins. <laughs> All right, I've been the great and powerful mystery. 
And I've been, oh, uh, oh, Jamaican Jay. Jamaican Jay. Right. That was an hour and a half ago. It's hard yeah, to remember. I know. Gosh. Uh, this has been Giant Snakes. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I liked the episode. It's but, fun. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. And bye. bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crips of the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical.